Coming up on the WAC Podcast, the Delane Fitzgerald era at Southern Utah gets off to a good start. We're going to talk with the head coach of the Thunderbirds as they get ready to play one of the top teams in the nation. Speaking of top teams in the nation, UCLA, number four ranked, goes down against Grand Canyon men's soccer. We'll talk a little bit about that. And Sarah Cruz is off to a hot start. Actually, WAC Volleyball is off to a hot start, but Sarah Cruz, two-time Ticket Smarter WAC Offensive Player of the Week. We'll talk a little bit about her as well. That's all ahead on the WAC Podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the WAC Podcast. Man, week one football is officially done and dusted. We kicked things off on Thursday with three teams, three wins. Like what we're seeing from a lot of our teams are off to some pretty hot starts. Volleyball, soccer, football. It's looking like it could be a a great year for the WAC. Welcome to the podcast. A good start to the season. (laughs) So Thursday night football last week, it was opening night. Of course, we had the week zero game where Stephen F. played Jacksonville State. But Tarleton, Abilene, Christian, Southern Utah all at home Thursday. All coming away with dubs, as they say in the business. And dubs. Southern Utah may Triple be dubs. the one uh, we, we weren't sure about. I mean, coming off a 1-10 season a year ago, a new head coach uh, had not won a home game in quite some time. And they smoke, for lack of a better term, St. Thomas 44-13. to They come away with not one but two Ticket Smarter Players of the Week as Justin Miller, the quarterback who you had a chance to talk to at WAC Football Media Day, throws for three touchdown passes. And they get an unbelievable performance from their punter, Jake Garardi. 71-yard punt. But I think when we spoke with, uh, which you'll hear coming up on the podcast, head coach Delane Fitzgerald, it was actually like 95 yards. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what he said. I don't know if that was an official That was they took total. The, they took the tape measure out. I think from actually where he punted it to to where the punt wound up. Yeah. Um, so... And, and he had a 55-yard punt. He also had a field goal. So he is our Ticket Smarter Player of the Week. And big game coming up for the Thunderbirds, as we will talk to Coach Fitzgerald in segment two, as you mentioned, against Utah. And he, he has some kind of interesting comments, something I have never heard from a head coach when you kind of like it. are playing a, a top-ranked team like Utah. The uh, – the uh, honesty, I guess, saying, you know, they're going, they're going to get a $600,000 paycheck when they go up there. Yeah. You know, I think if you really think about it, like, I mean, ultimately that's what most of these FCS teams are doing. Yes, they can, you know, it's a great opportunity to play in, you know, a big time, you know, stadium in front of a big time crowd, play against a big time opponent. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is a big driving factor is that paycheck. And Utah now ranked number 13 in the country. They lost to Florida in a, in a couple of top 10 uh, teams. And it was at Florida, right, in the swamp? Yes, so, I mean, 29-26. So they, they are still, I, I believe, one of the top teams in the uh, Pac-12 this year. So that's going to be a big test for them. Uh, speaking of rankings, Stephen F. Austin, now number 18 and number 12 in the FCS polls as the uh, – the Lumberjacks get a victory at Alcorn State, a, a place that's tough to win, kind of tough circumstances. They had a three-hour delay 
as uh, they, they had a delay in the game you went to down in Montgomery, another rain delay they had to deal with there, but uh, they came out on top and actually had a come-from-behind victory. They also have our Ticket Smarter uh, Defensive Player of the Week in defensive back Miles Hurd, who had an outstanding game at an interception and also a lot of tackles. He's a safety, but he plays a lot like a linebacker, so outstanding performance by Miles Hurd. Yeah, it's nice to uh, have Stephen F. Austin get that win over Alcorn State, especially after how their season opened up. I think they're a team that, you know, have a ton of good pieces. You know, Jacksonville State was just, I don't, you know, unexpected to be as good as they were. And so good for Stephen F. Austin to get back on track as, you know, they're one of our uh, our top teams and, of course, the top-ranked team in the FCS as well. They got Louisiana Tech. <laughs> Louisiana Tech, so it does not get any easier. <laughs> three games on the road to start the season Woo. against three pretty tough opponents. Of course, Louisiana Tech, an FBS team, so they will have more scholarships than uh, Stephen F. So, But uh, as, as we've seen from Colby Carthel, they can rise to the challenge. So that will be a game on Saturday afternoon. You can check that out. Sam Houston went to Texas A&M this past week. Losing 31 to nothing, and I hate to say like a good 31 to nothing, but they hung with him. It was 7 nothing after the first quarter. Texas A&M scores a touchdown before the half. So it was 10 nothing for much of the, the first half. So they're leading 17 nothing. Then there's a big delay. Ugh. Surprise, surprise again. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, what like, the heck? Like a two-and-a-half, three-hour delay. And uh, Texas A&M comes out in the second half and – scores and they wind up winning 31 to nothing so it was tough for the Bearcats offense to really get rolling there we did have that question coming into the season who was going to be their starting quarterback Jordan Yates gets the start goes 14 to 28 for 91 yards so again a smothering a Texas A&M defense one of the top defenses in the country and also Desmond Jackson the transfer from Oklahoma State, they they were behind much of the game, so they had to really throw the ball out. So they only had seven attempts. Jordan Yates, though, did show some rushing ability to, to look out for as he had 14 carries for 60 yards in that one. But, uh, again, not the out, outcome that uh, Casey Keeler and the guys were looking for, but they have a chance to uh, turn things around as they open their home schedule this Saturday, and that's going to be against Northern Arizona. If you remember last year, the opening game of the year, they went to Flagstaff and beat uh, the Lumberjacks, as it turns out that's their nickname, the Northern Arizona uh, swim team. You know very well from uh, our swim championships. I do, I do. As they are in the whack and swimming. Yes. And they've won like 10 championships in a row yeah or i want to say like nine yeah. maybe they're nine yeah yes because all the parents brought little balloons that had nine. Oh, i see they were <laughs> and that's going to be down in uh, far texas this year the swimming championships as i just took a a right turn there yeah from football real quick but uh that'll be one to watch and then utah tech okay again one of these games that uh, you, you look at the score and you're like I don't know if that's uh, indicative <laughs> of the final, losing yeah. 56 to 33, and it was one of those late night games on the West Coast. Brutal. But uh, Utah Tech did get some strong offense going. Yeah, interesting stat here from Utah Tech football. Now, they aren't eligible for a national championship as they are transitioning, but if they were, technically, if they were, Utah Tech is the FCS leader in passing with 506 yards a game, and they're six in the country in total offense, 579 yards per game. Uh, you, know, you look at what they – they had three quarterbacks that were, were in use, Trace, Kobe Tracy, Victor – 
Gabalis and then Boone Abbott. So um, mostly, obviously, it was Kobe Tracy, 23 of 40, 339 yards, two touchdowns. Interesting to watch as, as these guys develop. They were also our team that was 1-10 last year, but they had that intense schedule. I mean, they played just ranked opponent after ranked opponent after ranked opponent. And, and no different this year with the yeah. Hornets being number 7. Now, the Sacramento State jumps out to the 21-0 lead. They're up 28-3, to and Coach Peterson makes the change at quarterback. Kobe Tracy comes in and really lights things up. So they uh, look to have something going there. I mean, to to score 33 points. Now, again, you, th- you throw out the uh, the 28-point advantage Sac State had at the yeah. beginning. Um, but, I mean, Utah Tech did play well from that point on. So I think they really have something to build on for this week. Utah Tech has their home opener this weekend, Shadron State, 7 p.m. kickoff. That is 7 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN+. Plus. So excited for that. And then, ha, they're going to Weber State. My goodness. Oh, you're like looking ahead, I, <laughs> I see. I know, I know. I just get a little excited. And then I, then I look at when they're at Southern Utah, and I look at that because that's the game in Cedar City that I will be <laughs> attending, so I get a little excited. Now, going back to Thursday night, uh, we had the two other ones. Abilene Christian knocking off Lamar, 28-14. to So the Keith Patterson era off to a winning start as well and knocking off, I guess you could say, former WAC member Lamar in their opener. And Abilene Christian now uh, following that up with a game against Prairie View A&M. Uh, and not to jump too far ahead, but Erica Bias, our new communications intern, Prairie View A&M grad. Yeah. So she will uh, need to change her alliances for that one. So Abilene Christian hosting them. That'll be a 7 p.m. kickoff in Abilene on ESPN+. Tarleton also getting off to a good start, 29-13. to Not only that, over Mississippi Valley State, they get a Sports Center top 10 play and perhaps more important, the WAC top play of the week. WAC top play of the week, Jaden Smith. Three times was in the end zone. He makes a sick one-handed grab from Bo Allen. That's their quarterback from Kentucky. That had a very impressive first game out for the Texans, which Tarleton is one of those teams that they – they are pretty good. And so, you know, we kind of expect them to come out and light things up and they'll have a very, 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 very difficult <laughs> test this week when they are at TCU. That's a 6 p.m. Uh, mountain time kick, it looks like. So that would be 7 p.m., right? Central time, 6 p.m. mountains. Yes. Seven, yeah, I always get those mixed up. But that'll be that'll be a tough game. TCU absolutely crushed Colorado this week in week one uh, at CU in Boulder so yeah (laughs) but Tarleton this will be when we talked to uh, coach Todd Witten this was a uh, you know their biggest opponent they've played uh, since turning division one now the good news is Fort Worth from Stephenville is not that far away that's maybe an hour yeah if that so that they should be able to have I mean, there's going to be a lot of purple there, I can tell you, because TCU's purple. Yeah, purple <laughs> taking on purple. That's right. Oh, and and uh, going back to Jaden Smith and, and the game he had, and Bo Allen certainly showing that he's going to be a player to watch out for in the WAC. Jaden Smith, that was also his first game 
with the Texans. He transfers in from Montana State, but he's also, his hometown is Fort Worth, so it's a homecoming for him to come back to Tarleton. But look out for this guy in the end zone, six foot six, Ooh. 210 pounds. So he's going to have an advantage on pretty much any defensive back he's, who's going to be covering him. Oh, for sure, and he showed it. I mean, he had some separation, and even that one-handed grab, it was just, you know, he's got the wingspan, and it uh, certainly an impressive showing for him. Tarleton's a team that I'm definitely looking forward to watching. He That's one that it's really just about consistency. You know, when they play well, they really can play, but they have these games where they should not lose, and they do, and that's one of the things that right. and, and Todd Whitten talked about. Correct. He, he said, you know, they had a couple stinkers last year that – you know, they won against what was it? Southern Utah. Yeah. Uh, in the, at Globe Life Field. And that was one they they wish they could have back. But, you know, if they can get those straightened out, looks like, you know, Bo Allen's a, a talent and Jaden Smith's a talent. So you figure that talent pool is, has risen uh, from last year. So that'll be fun as well. So a full slate of games uh, starting at 1130 a.m. Mountain time, <laughs> which uh, Coach Fitzgerald talks a little bit about as well in their game against Utah. Is that'll be on the Pac-12 networks uh, all the way to that Utah Tech game, which would be 7 o'clock Mountain, which would be, what, 8 o'clock Central. So it'd be closing up shop there about 1130, something like that. Ooh. So full day of action. Full day of action. Why don't we switch things over to uh, let's let's say, oh, you know what's right around the corner? What's that? Should we go right there? Basketball. Oh, basketball. I, yeah, knew I didn't even see that on the rundown. It here. says announced basketball conference schedules. Now, it was announced, yes. It was. It was announced right. Uh, and you, I, you had a chance to talk to Mike O'Donnell, ESPN analyst, that did a great job. Uh, knows, well, he, he knows all kinds of whack stuff. Oh, yeah. And he, he's... He scouts a lot of players, so he had a lot of insight on, you know, the transfer portal and a lot of the new guys that are coming in that we haven't gotten a chance to really evaluate yet. So he brought in some really good insight. And then for our women's basketball conference schedule, we had Ben Wilson on, who uh, has done numerous of our WAC championships, has been at WAC Vegas for the past couple years, has done uh, baseball for us this past year. And so he broke down some of the key women's matchups for us and, uh, certainly appears to be another great year for the WAC. Yeah, on the men's side, a lot of things to, to watch, and the women's side for that matter. But on the men's side, you have New Mexico State, new head coach. Completely different team, Completely new roster. <laughs> I don't believe there's any returning players or very I few. I want to say there's one guy that I definitely recognized from, you know, obviously their WAC Vegas run, but uh, but most of them. I but, mean, once yeah, Jabari, Jabari Rice, Rice went to Mario Texas. Mario McKinney, who yeah. had just transferred in, was gone. Uh, but they also brought in a Peak lot of guys. Peak is gone. Yeah. yeah, so be interesting to see how that shakes down. Of course, with the transfer portal, every team seems to have new players coming in, taking over new roles. I mean, so – uh, Darian Trammell transferred from Seattle U, but you know, does this give you know Cameron Tyson and and Riley Grigsby maybe more of a chance to shine, as you know, and see see who else they bring in with Chris Victor now having a full year. Yeah, you know, he, he took over his interim last year, was coach of the year. So a lot of things. Grand Canyon, that there's a team. You know, they brought in a lot of talent as well. Had a lot of talent coming back, and Bryce Drew, one of the best coaches in the country. So. It's going to be a lot of fun. It you know the whole thing with our new way of selecting the the seating system. That's going to be fun this year, 
and we'll have to kind of see as teams start announcing their non-conference schedule, but I know there's going to be a lot of big games to watch early on as well. Certainly, you got to beef up that schedule so you can get a good spot in uh, our WAC Vegas seating. And talking women's hoops, don't know if you had a chance to see it or not, Kendra, but Grand Canyon did their uh, video for their women's schedule, and Molly Miller was like a game show host. Oh. And then the players were having to answer questions. Oh, my goodness. And they did a reveal of the of the logo of the team they were going to play. And they divided up to the Havocs, and I forget what the other one, maybe the Havocs and the Lopes <laughs> were, the, were the teams. So, yeah, very GCU creative. GCU gets so creative with their schedule releases. They do. It's and on kind the, of unbelievable. And on the men's side, I don't know if you're an Office fan. I'm guessing not. Okay, I watched. I've seen The Office, but I'm not a Office lover. Aficionado. <laughs> they came up with an Office meme for every game of their schedule. That's this insane year. too. <laughs> and then the funny part was, then we had some firing back from New Mexico State. Oh yeah. With an Office meme as well, like it's hey, not a rivalry if we always win. <laughs> yeah. No, I think there was a hey, nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> but again, the creativity. So funny. And the excitement that that creates with the schedule release. And again, going back, I mean, five years to when I first started in the WAC, that, you know, there, we, we, there wasn't this buzz around the schedule release. The schedule was on the website and everybody just played their games. Now it's, it's like an event. Now it's a whole big deal. It's yeah. like as big as a fantasy football draft day. It's if you will. Schedule release day. Boom, boom, boom. And the NFL starting their season this week. I know. Tomorrow, Bills taking <laughs> on the Rams I know, Thursday very, night football. Very, very exciting. Also happening this week, or this past week, actually Monday night, uh, Grand Canyon, men's soccer while we're on the Grand Canyon topic, knocking off number four ranked UCLA 3-2. to two Holy cow. In Westwood. Sophomore goalkeeper Leon Schmidt had yes. some – he had five total saves, but he had some – But three of them were like – Back-to-back-to-back. Highlight. <laughs> he, had the, he had the back-to-back, and then he had the the save on the PK. Yeah. And let me well. tell you, yeah. as a former goalkeeper, not that anybody cares about my <laughs> opinion here, but those PKs are hard to stop, okay? That when you, if you're a goalkeeper, you get a PK stop, like uh, Akili Kasim. Kasim. Yes, from I mean, CLU. That's something pretty, pretty tremendous, and especially to do it against a team that's ranked fourth, and then to have all the saves that he did. Very big performance. So that, if you're keeping track, the second time a WAC school has defeated a top-five team as Seattle U knocked off Notre Dame when they were ranked number four. Uh, they did follow that up, though. They, they lost to Kentucky and Louisville, a couple of tough opponents. Yeah. Kentucky also a top-ten team. But if you're wondering, WAC men's soccer is – you know, over the past five, ten years has been probably the, the the number one sport in terms of getting one players to the pros and also teams to the NCAA tournament because most years there's there's two teams coming out of the WAC, which you don't see in a lot of sports. That's true. The WAC is deep with quality teams in the tournaments. Anyone's, anyone's uh, chance to win, as we saw last year. And you also see, you know, two or three guys usually taken in the first round of the MLS draft every year, too. That's so true. there's a lot of talent in the WAC. Speaking of talent, how about volleyball this year? There's a lot of talent on the floor, and there's so many teams playing well. I saw, saw a graphic, as you pointed out, uh, the Utah Tech one. 
SFA volleyball, the only seven and O team in the country right now. Yeah, they are. They're seven and oh in the country. That's what the graphic said. <laughs> I mean, I. Well, I mean, we're going with it. I mean, if that's what the graphic says, that's what the graphic says, and we will go with it. Stephen F. Austin, certainly a team to. Uh, Oh, yeah, only team in the nation, Lady Jacks Volleyball. We got a lot of – okay, you look at (laughs) – just going down the women's volleyball standings, you look at obviously at the top right now we have – and these are, you know, just based on non-conference wins essentially. But Stephen F. Austin won seven in a row. Charlton won four in a row. Seven and one. But I'm saying they won seven in a row. Yeah, but they're also seven and one. UTRGV oh, won yeah. seven in a row. They're seven and one. Grand, Grand Canyon, Canyon, three in a row, five and one. New Mexico State, four in a row, five. I mean, this is the greatest start I can remember there is to white volleyball. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, I won't count the one <laughs> win as a, as a streak, but they're still three and one. We're having a lot of wins here, which just means that this tournament is going to be absolutely wild to see uh, who uh, for seeding as well as who comes on top. Of course, we're super early in the season, so I won't get ahead of myself. But I'm just saying, WAC Volleyball has a history of uh, surprising us in the tournament. And you had a chance to talk with Sarah Cruz, our two-time WAC Ticket Smarter Offensive Player of the Week. We've only had two so far this year. Crazy. She's got them both, and she's off to a fantastic start. And the Vaqueros will be at home uh, this week. They play Montana. They play Prairie View. And then Montana again as they they host uh, some sort of uh, tournament there at uh, UTRGV in Edinburgh, Texas. In Edinburgh, Texas. When you talk about supportive parents, Sarah Cruz's has got to come on the top of the list. If you're going to rank them? Yeah, if I'm going to rank them, I mean, so she's from the Czech Republic. She said it's about, I think she said seven hour time difference. And so they want to watch every single one of their games. So when they're streamed to our WAC International uh, site where they can watch them, they will get up at 2 a.m. to watch the game. Then it ends around 4. So she says she'll get a call from them, which is, you know, 4 a.m. their time. And then they go to work. So they're up at two, and then they start their day. I don't know. Do they have a mid midday nap? But I mean, that's that's some some commitment there for them. But you love to see it. Another thing to look out for on uh, WAG volleyball is our Instagram story this week: the takeover by the Utah Valley Wolverines. Yes, as they travel to Boston Ooh. to take on Harvard. I don't know if you've heard of that school and Northeastern. So we get a chance to go behind the scenes with Utah Valley, and that's. That should be a lot of fun because I think we're going to be able to see, you know, some sightseeing around Boston. Yeah, I want to. As, as well as, you know. Lobster. <laughs> that's what I picture Boston, right? And that's Maine. All right. Boston's more been, the clam chowder, you tell. if you will. All right, I want to see the, some clam uh, chowder. Paul Revere, you know, I mean, what's Boston? Fifth largest city in America? I mean, they, they have a lot going on. Yeah. Red Sox, Patriots. You Not know, a New England Bruins, sports fan. So. Celtics. I won't be looking forward to that. <laughs> anyway, but to, to play, you know, at Harvard. And actually, uh, video-wise, I, I follow the the gentleman who does the Harvard video. It's one of the top uh, places in the country that does the student video on oh, ESPN+. Nice. So I'm actually excited to watch their <laughs> broadcast. because. Are you monitoring that day? Uh, you know, I might have to just you check it out even if I'm not monitoring. You, might, you know, you can always take my shift if it's uh, me. That's, uh, <laughs> just well, kidding. Well, I want to watch it. <laughs> there's a lot of... Uh, Valuable days coming up here. Uh, and then also women's soccer, not to uh, leave anybody out here. Southern Utah's five-match win streak came to an end this past week. Grand Canyon 
continues to roll. They knocked off Arizona, first ever win against a Power 5 school, 1-0. Gianna Gorley is our whack ticket smarter offensive player of the week. And then they go to New Mexico, always a tough place to play in Albuquerque. And they win 2-1. to one. And then the story that we broke here on the WAC podcast when we had Chris Sissel on. Oh, we did. They will play Arkansas this Sunday. Oh, my goodness. They get the Razorbacks coming in to Phoenix to play a 7 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, a.k.a. Pacific Time, start. So that will be fun to watch. Uh, so I don't know if you're monitoring on Sunday. I have two hours on Sunday. So. And maybe that'll be the But it's the in match. the morning. Oh, well, you'll have to just... I'll just have to be on all day. That's <laughs> a, that's one I want to watch. So playing Arkansas, and this will be their last uh, non-conference match. Oh my gosh, the can non-con you... <laughs> slate is over already? <laughs> can you believe this? No. So, so they open <laughs> conference play the following week oh, man. at California Baptist on September 17th. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I'm shook, as the young kids say. <laughs> All right, so that uh, puts a bow on segment one here. When we come back, we're going to talk to Delane Fitzgerald, the head football coach of Southern Utah. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan now joined by the head coach at Southern Utah, Delane Fitzgerald. Coach, welcome to the show. Guys, thank you for having me. Coach, uh, we, we appreciate you taking some time out. And first off, congratulations on the big win this past Saturday. Uh, as far as the game, let's let's kind of break that down a little bit before we look ahead to this week. Uh, after looking at the game film, uh, was it better than than you anticipated? Maybe week one, or or about where you expected to be? No, as as a head coach, it's it never when you when it put on the film the following day. It's never as good as you think it is. And when you play poorly, it's never as bad as you think it is. Um, we were happy with the way our guys played on Thursday night. Um, did, did they play a little better than we thought they would? Yeah, they, they did. Um, they played a little better. Our opponent wasn't quite as good as we thought they were going to be going into the game. Um, we had some individual individual performances that we were proud of. But most of all, Really, really proud of the stick to of our players um, continuing to play the next play. Um, we were worried at halftime on it, that they haven't won here in a long time. We were worried about how they were going to handle being up 14. And then when we went up 20, how they were going to handle that. And they did a nice job. So pleased with that. And, and most of all, guys, really excited about the way our kids played together and stuck together through all the adversity of camp and of last Thursday night. One of those players that, of course, sticks out to us is quarterback Justin Miller went 23 for 35, 364 yards, three touchdowns. What can you say about his performance in week one? Was it where you expected him to be? It, it was. It was. We, we weren't surprised with how well Justin played. Um, got Guys, Justin's a married 24-year-old return missionary here. Um, I, 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 the term grown grown man, and I'll leave the other word that we usually leave out of there, but, but he's a grown man. 
he, he handles himself on and off the field like an adult. And then here, here's the thing that people don't know. He understands our offense as well as our, as well as our coaching staff does. And he actually teaches our offense to all the new players that we bring into the program. Um, but yeah, pleased with the way Justin played, not unexpected. Well, Justin Miller uh, was our ticket smarter uh, whack offensive player of the week and watching the game coach. One of the things that was impressive, you can tell the maturity, I guess, you know, when you're watching just the way he hangs in the pocket, he took some big shots to get off uh, some of those great throws and uh, those three touchdown passes. Yeah, you guys asked what was it as good as we thought it was. Uh, one of our goals going into the game is for him not to take shots, and he took a few too many on, on Thursday night. You, you're right about that, Eric. But he, uh, Eric, when, th when things are bad, he, he's good, and when things are good, he's good, and he is very, very consistent. He does this. His whole life is just like this. He's just right <laughs> above. He's above board with everything he does. Zach Strand is a guy that we talked about at media day. You just mentioned it. He's like your son. You've been with him since 2017. He played division three, division two, and uh, he finally played in his first division one football game, had two solo tackles. How would you evaluate the way that he was able to step up for the team? Yeah, Zach's, Zach's fighting through a little bit of a nagging injury and probably shouldn't have played Thursday night. Um, that, that being said, he had a um, he had a tackle for loss. He had a fumble recovery. He had two solo tackles. Um, he did a good job, you know, playing at about 60, 65% on Thursday night. And we're, we're pleased with Zach. Um, Zach's going to get some downtime. Zach's going to get some downtime here this week and this weekend so that we can have him back full speed for the FCS games. Um, Zach's, Zach's, Zach's always going to be a player and it hadn't happened. Kendra hadn't happened yet, but as soon as he gets his first sack, he's going to be the first player in NCAA history to have a sack in D three, a sack in D two and a sack in division one football. He now has a tackle for loss and a fumble recovery at all three levels. Um, but, but he'll end up having a sack at all of them. And at, at Zach is our on the field and off the field defensive leader. Um, but, but going forward, he'll be better than he was Thursday night. Well, that'll be a, a very good game note. And maybe the NCAA can take note of that right. uh, stat. Yeah. That he'd be the first player in history to have future sideline hit. Potentially. Uh, hey, hey, if you're going to be in Cedar city in a few weeks, <laughs> coach, uh, as far as the special teams go, uh, also very impressed with uh, Jake Girardi, your punter. I mean, this guy's got a leg. I mean, you, you, we're talking to you a little bit before the uh, podcast started here and you're showing us the, the mountains around the area and you're about 6,000 feet, which obviously helps a punter. But uh, I mean, the one that he hit, I, I think he got 71 yards net, but he hit that thing, what, 75 yards in the air. I mean, that was one of the best punts I've ever seen. <laughs> Well, when it went into the end zone. It was actually about 95 yards, wasn't it? Um, you guys asked me about surprises. Yeah. Hey, Jake is steady Eddie in practice, and he kicks the ball to the goal line on all the kickoffs. And then his punts are around 50 yards a pop in practice. He gets out there the other night in the game, and he's hitting them 70-something yards in the air. Um, so, so that one, a pleasant surprise. But old, old Thunderfoot came to play last Thursday night. We're, we're happy that he did. Um, guys, Jay, Jay Garrardi's our defensive MVP last week, and he didn't take a snap on defense. Just his ability to flip the field on kickoffs and on punts really helped our defense.
based after the first game where we saw some people who you know surprised us, who really stepped up, where would you say an area that you saw that was something that you definitely want to work on for the rest of the season, your first game out. And you're like, this is, this is an area of focus as, as we move ahead to uh, week two. Yeah, Kendra, we want to work on all phases of our football program. After watching the film three times, our coaching staff came up with 150 things we need to improve on. So we've worked this week on some fundamentals and basics and, and us improving on those things. Um, and we're going to continue to harp on that. I'm thinking of a position group. Um, our running backs didn't play well. Our running backs did not play well Thursday night, um, did not play great assignment football, and, and didn't play as hard as we expected them to do. And then here, here's the coach's biggest fear, that they got into a game and, and the bullets are flying and the rubber has met the road, and they started doing their own thing using blocking techniques that we hadn't used throughout camp. But we've got to get that running back position fixed. We're better than we showed on Thursday night. Coach, we, we had a chance to talk to you at the WAC football media day in uh, just outside of Houston back in July. And you were pretty candid uh, that at that time about this Utah game that you have coming up this week, you're playing a, a team started off, you know, top 10 ranked in the nation. And, and we see, you know, a lot of FCS teams playing games like this. We saw Sam Houston play Texas A&M, obviously Sam Houston uh, is transitioning to FBS, but, you know, playing a top 10 team and seemingly, uh, you know, the cards are, are stacked against you. Any any changes in your in your thought process since we talked to you in July as, as the game is uh, now this week? Yeah, we're, we're, we're playing we're playing Utah for six hundred thousand dollars on Saturday and other coaches are afraid to throw those figures out. But I'm not. Um, it, it funds our it funds our athletic program. And uh, Eric, the, the, the I don't have an issue with doing it one time. But because we have some non-revenue sports at our university and every university does, and it helps those sports. And I like competitive endeavors. So I really like watching our non-revenue sports at this university play. I don't have a problem doing it one time, Eric, um, where, where I get up in arms a little bit is where, and I don't care if it gets out there, we're going to play Utah for a bunch of money. Um, we signed up before we did the WAC A-Sun um, Alliance. We took the money from Eastern Kentucky, too, so we're getting paid money to go there and play, so there's another guarantee game. And then we turn around the last game of the season and play Sam Houston State, who's now playing with 85 scholarships. So in, a, in an 11-game season, an FCS team with 63 scholarships shouldn't have to go play two teams with 85 scholarships. And then you still – you, our community and our university – still expect the young men and the coaching staff to have a winning season. They expect us to be in a conference title hunt. They expect us to be in the playoffs. And so do we. So, so do we. We expect those things, too. But if you're going to expect those things, you, you know, hey, well, let, let's, let's make sure we compare apples to apples and, and make sure things are even, Stephen, at least 10 out of the 11 weekends. I'm talking to you guys now, and our, our schedule's not great this fall. It's a lot worse next year. To 2023, we've got a war daddy to start the season. Well, Coach, we certainly appreciate your honesty and your transparency. That's something you don't always get when you're looking at, you know, FCS playing some of these big-time games. Looks like there's just two games before WAC play, of course. One of the – you guys open WAC play against your absolute rivals, Utah Tech. Do you feel like, I mean, I guess it's, you know, three non-conference games. It is what it is, but it just feels like it's coming around so fast. 
it, it, it may be a rivalry for our town and, and for our <laughs> players and stuff. Our coaching staff's from east of the Mississippi. It, it, we, didn't, we didn't know where Dixie or St. George, any of that was even located before we got here. Um, so so it, it, it'll be another game for us, just another game week. Kendra, I know you're flying out and going to broadcast and, and do some things for that game that they're expecting to break the school attendance record. So it must mean something. It, it must mean <laughs> something here to the people that I don't know about. Um, there'll be 15,000, 20,000 people in this, in this little stadium on September 24th, and it'll be a great atmosphere. It'll be exciting for all, everybody involved. Coach, uh, as, as Kendra mentioned, that Utah Tech game and that she'll be out there for. As far as uh, your your acceptance into the community there, your your background, you've been, you know, as you mentioned, east of the Mississippi, and, and you've wanted a lot of different places. What, what, what's that been like, that transition for you, uh, moving to Cedar City, a place that, that maybe you didn't know a lot about uh, before you lived there? Yeah, the, the, this this community is phenomenal, Eric. This this town is phenomenal. Um, and my my house sits across the road uh, from the city fishing lake, and and we are a quarter of a mile from all the baseball and softball fields. My my kids are within three blocks of like four parks. And, and you didn't ask this question to hear me tell you about my family, but hey, we're we're three quarters of a mile from the aquatic center. Our daughter gets to walk back and forth to her middle school. Um, the, the, this is as as big and as clean and as nice a community as I've ever lived in. Um, the people here, the, the people here are really, really good. And, and, and I need to make sure, you know, that this, this is a predominantly LDS community. Um, and although I'm not a member of the church and not LDS, um, I, I was accepted into the LDS com community in 2006 when I took a job at Southern Virginia University in, in my home state because that's an LDS community. And the people here, are just salt of the earth, really, really good people. Um, I can't talk long enough or hard enough about how well I've been treated in my nine months here. It's certainly a beautiful place from what I hear. I cannot wait to check it out. For you as this transition to a new school head coach, Division One, has it been like you've expected so far? Yeah, fo football is football is football. Um, and I, and the, the level. The, the level, the, 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 the team that blocks, the team that has stance and start and blocks and, and, and plays with low pad level and runs the football and throws the football and catches the football on offense is going to be the best offense. And then you flip it over on defense. The team that plays with low pad level and violent hands and leg drive and the team that defeats blocks and tackles the best and knows where to run fit and run fits, yeah, that's going to be the best defense. And I, Kendra, I think it goes that way, D3, D2, Division One. I think the teams that line up and execute the fundamentals and have the basics down pat where they're second nature, I think you're good at any level. Um, that, that don't, don't, don't get me wrong, Alabama's got better players than everybody in the country and Georgia's got better players than everybody in the country, but watch the discipline they have in their technique each and every play when they're playing. They're technically sound. They understand fundamentals. They've been taught the basics, those young men. And at the end of the game, they're usually the best team. Southern Utah plays at Utah this Saturday. That's going to be on the PAC 12 networks. One of their uh, platforms there, coach, what is your, schedule look like this week uh, playing an in-state rival when you're going to be traveling up uh, that type of thing you're going to be doing any 
any events around there? I imagine you got some alumni that are that are going to be uh, in that uh, Salt Lake City area to to watch you guys. Yeah, we're we're, we're hoping we're, we're hoping that the SUU alums are going to show up this Saturday, eleven thirty a.m. Who thought that up? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like to get out of bed at about 9.30 a.m. What are we doing playing at 11.30? So, <laughs> hey, they're, they're cutting into my sleep. Um, but we're hoping we're hoping to have a pretty good turnout. Eric, they, they, they've been down here for, for a handful of years in football, and, and I think some of our SUU alum have converted over to Utah alum since it's that same red. Um, so, so we may have some alumni in the stands wearing, uh, wearing Utes gear. Uh, we're, we're excited excited about the challenge and, and we're going to come out we're going to come out and take our shots early and see if we can compete and then late, later on in the game if it gets out of hand uh, we'll get the we'll get our meaningful players off the field and and make sure that they're healthy going into whack play you mentioned the early game i mean you say you get up at nine i'm not getting out of bed <laughs> until 11 30 so i'm missing kickoff there if i'm <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, it was a it was a joke uh when you got school-aged kids I'm, I'm up out of bed at 6 a.m every morning all right well move, 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 moving around yeah. hey kendra enjoy it while you can so, so uh, hey uh, adulthood adulthood is not that much fun I, that's why that's why the weekends are for sleeping till 4 p.m <laughs> absolutely while i'm still young well, Coach, we want to thank you for taking some time out. Uh, good luck this this weekend for the rest of the season. Guys, I appreciate y'all having me first class. Thank you. Thank you hey, so much. Go, go Thunderbirds. All right, that is Delane Fitzgerald, head football coach at Southern Utah University, and thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website, at waxsports.com.